Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class in session. And I'm Pure Scott. Are you ready? Yeah. Sure you're ready? All right. I don't know. Stretch. Yep. Yourself in place. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by actor, voiceover artist, Zelda Black. How you doing, Zelda? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm going to add one more credential on there, author. Yes. <laughs> so, in fact, that's why Zelda is here today. She's actually here to discuss her book, a poetry book, Butterfly Words. Yes. Super Got excited right. to hear about this. Do you want to tell us what this book is about? Yeah. So Butterfly Words is pretty much poems that I've made dating from like 2014 to now. And it's been poems all about the importance of like mental health and mental health awareness and raising importance for that. And also what it was just like going through the pandemic as well as just being LGBTQ in a place that's not as accepting. So when you say uh, LGBTQ and not accepting, what type of location are we talking about? Like a rural location or something? Mm -hmm. that yeah, lines? rural, yeah. small town, mostly Caucasian. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I grew up. And I can understand the um, I've come to the point in my life where it's not any kind of judgment of their behavior because it's just a societal structure that they grew up in and they don't even understand they're they're ignorant to the to the situation. And most of the times when those types of people are faced with a one on one interaction with a person that is, you know, LGBTQ plus or a different race or something like that, I've always seen that it becomes a very accepting moment when they're when they receive new experiences. But it's hard to break away from the societal strings that we have attached to those that are in our peer group to oh, step yeah, away and understand something different. So mm -hmm. I, I get that. And kudos to you for stepping up in a community like that and being a voice for, <laughs> I would probably say, a large group of people, even in a small community that probably have the same thoughts as you, but are afraid to step forward and say something. In fact, yeah, I believe the more you hate it, the more you probably are. <laughs> that's just my philosophy. I tend to believe no, yeah. that, you know, people shun what they're unable to express themselves. It's like looking in a mirror. Yeah, it was definitely wasn't easy, but it was something that, you know, you have to overcome and you just have to try your best to just not let all those voices get to your head. And you have to try and understand where they come from as well. But don't excuse their actions at the same time. 100%. 100%. You can't excuse actions. You have to hold people accountable to a degree. And I believe that the most important thing in these situations is the protection of the person that is being marginalized or being assaulted or being mm -hmm. demeaned or whatever they are. And first and foremost, in, in my opinion, is building up that person to love themselves. Because if society continues to tell them that they are unlovable, they will continue to tell themselves that as well. But what they can do is tell themselves that they are lovable and then realize that none of the opinions from outside society have any impact on who they actually are. Mm -hmm, definitely. I always advocate for that mental health piece. So how did you discover that, you know, when you're on this path that 
you were walking two different lines, like mental health and real life? I guess I realized the importance of it when I really got out of grade school, because they really in middle school, mostly, I would say they were not attentive to mental health whatsoever. They would constantly, they would constantly belittle students and they would, you know, they would say things like, oh, you can always talk to us. And then when they, when we go talk to them, they'll just dismiss everything and say, oh, you know, it's just middle school. Boys will be boys. And they had, they cared more because in middle school, all the girls had to walk up in front of the classroom, have your hands up by your sides. And if your hands were not up by your shorts, you would get sent to the principal's office and you would have to go home if uh, the mm. nurse did not have spare shorts for you. And they were so... I grew up in a community like that. Um, yeah. So the, the shaming Mm -hmm. It's almost like Handmaid's Tale. You know, you stand up there in front of everybody or like, what was it? Game of Thrones, rock the street because you have a your pair of shorts that are, you know, not one inch above the knee and teaching you that you're subservient just by your looks alone to other men and things like that. Women get screwed from day one and have been for a millennia. It's just coming to light now. And I can't imagine being a young girl standing there in a community like that with so many questions, not only about yourself, but now what is everybody judging me for? So how do you move forward from that? Yeah. Yeah. And you feel judged enough in middle <laughs> school, you know, those are the awkward years of your life. You know, like, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? Like, you know, every middle school. Oh, that's, that's an understatement. I, like, I feel like there's, there's awkwardness to spare. At least mm -hmm. I had it. I was so self-conscious about everything that I even would be nervous about things like if my shoes squeaked when I came in from outside yeah. and it was wet. Like somebody might judge and say that I have the squeaky shoes, make jokes or do something like that. It's so bizarre. I don't know why that one occurred to me, but I, because it's so minuscule, yeah. right? The kids are like, they're laser targeted on mm -hmm. exactly what your most vulnerable thing is, <laughs> no matter what. They will sniper shot you, and they'll do it to an adult, too. Don't think that they're oh, they're non-discriminatory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can walk up to a five-year-old and they'd be like, <laughs> look at your front tooth. And you're like, uh, uh, you're like 40. You're like, uh, you want to cry and run away. So, yeah, they're brutal. They're freaking brutal. brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you... How do you survive that though? Because let's, let's face it. You're going from middle school to high school. That's also puberty. That's also mm -hmm. sexual identification. That's also, you know, exposure to a whole different world, but you're in a, you're put in almost like a, uh, a sphere yeah. living within two different worlds. How does that work for Zelda? I just had to make it work. You know, I mean, there was never a time where I couldn't make it work because I, I'm very stubborn and very passionate. So I can't, I just, I can't imagine living a life where I let people get to me. And I mean, I, it did for a time. I mean, I, I used to dress really like unique and stuff like that too. I, I still have those clothes, like, you know, like unique Gothic Victorian clothes and stuff like that. And people would try to like beat me down all the time for it. And there was a time where it did get to me, but like, I just, you know, nothing makes me happier than being myself. And it gets to a point where like, I'm so tired of other people that I just have to, you just have to brush it off because people's words just don't matter after a while. And they don't. Let me ask you a question. So in the way that you describe that, did you find yourself conforming for a period of time and then go back to your authentic self? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's just, you know, it was exhausting after a while. It was never the fact that really that I let them get to me. It was just easier to just take a mental break and blend in for a little bit. And it, it was, I will admit, also really nice just wearing normal clothes, getting into sweats and stuff like that. It was really <laughs> comfy because it took me a while. Sweatpants <laughs> are addictive. I like that all these companies in the world think they're going to bring everybody back from remote work. I like, know. You just let the, you let the United <laughs> States taste the elastic sweatband at work. It is not happening yeah. ever Mm-mm. again. You're not getting them to come in, put on suits, ties, all this other. Uh-uh. It's, it is nonsense. It serves no purpose for, for somebody to judge you. Like, yeah. I can't understand. Don't judge me, but I'm going to put this on so you can judge me. You know, oh, look so at me. I'm so important with my suit and tie. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Every single one of them going to charity. I don't want them. I don't care. I'm going to have a funeral suit and a wedding suit. That's it. And I kind of don't want those. That's it. Yep. Those are nothing more than a society filter, a judgment filter, or a way to block off how somebody's going to negatively impact you. And we pick them up like sets, you know? We don't realize that's what we're doing. We're like, ooh, shiny. Ooh, you know, soft, whatever it is, somebody's going to like this. And at the same time, all you're doing is just hiding. You're just painting stripes on a mask over and over again. Here's another Mm -hmm. one. This one says society's okay. And I see someone like you, because what people don't know, and we haven't mentioned yet, is that you are extremely creative, right? Extremely creative. I've seen (laughs) your TikTok. It's insanely creative. I love it. So for those of you, when you want to look it up before the show is even over, you probably should. Legend of Z, at Legend of Z, also Instagram, Legend mm-hmm. of Z. And, and mm-hmm. I say this because I feel like if I'm with the book and the other art that I see, was that your escape? Is that how you turned a corner? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, I was never really good at like math or science or anything like that. But when I came to English class, I felt, you know, (laughs) I felt, you know, I felt better because English was something that's always come natural to me. So it's always been my outlet. So poetry is one of them. But, you know, also just getting into these costumes, being these different characters and voice acting as well. You know, it's just been an outlet for me. I would argue that all of those things are you to a T. I would say that the conformity, the time that you walked around, you know, in whatever societal uniform that we have, you know, for that particular person. I don't even need to know where you're from. There's like a, a prescribed uniform for women in a small town like that. It's just... The, the length of your hair right now is trivial in a town like that. Like, <laughs> what is she thinking? And here's the thing. She's thinking the same thing you were thinking, but didn't have the courage to do. Yeah. And now you've passed that place in life where you feel you have. So you're going to say, well, no, no, yeah. no. I explain things this way to try as best I can to relieve people in a certain type of situation, right? Just to mm-hmm. understand where the anger and resentment comes from allows a lot of relief internally. Yeah, and a lot of understanding as well. Again, it's not a self-defense mechanism and it's not a way of accepting somebody's behavior. But the more that we can understand when somebody's angry at us that it's a reflection of themselves, the more that we can start to focus on how we feel internally, right? And then we can start to mm-hmm. accept ourselves, you know, when we're in this LGBTQ plus community. And I can't imagine, you know, what it's like to question everything about what society told me from the day I was born. 
which people don't realize yeah. that it's what you're told from the day you were born. This is why kids can be raised by a pack of wolves and think they're an effing wolf, right? Just like they can mm-hmm. be raised in a two-gender society or just like they can be raised to believe something until they go back to their authentic self, they're not going to be at peace. They may not know yeah. it. They're living a lie. I'm living a lie. Anytime I tell myself that I'm different than who I am originally, and people don't realize that. And that takes a toll over time. Mm-hmm. And I think that you found art, right? That's what I see. Yeah. And that art, in my opinion, is an expression of the heart. It's not an expression of the mind, it's an expression of the heart, right? So that means it's in its purest form. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to spread more love, joy, happiness, and then also accept pain, misery, tragedy, and all those things in kind all together. But the art mm-hmm. is authentic self. Mind is something that builds up over time. It takes on defenses through experiences. The heart never changes. It just gets shadowed by the mind, right? And if we're creating from the Mm -hmm. heart, that's a mindful moment. That is one of those things that we've given away because we don't meditate or because we don't want to, you know, use any introspect or we don't want to accept the fact that we're going to die. We accept who we are because society tells us who we are and we don't have to. We simply don't have to. And using art is that creative expression that starts from the center. And I think that that's that mindful moment that we capture for others that empowers them to do the things that you're doing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's like this, you know, now especially there's this whole plume of diversity coming out right now. And it's just amazing because I feel like my life would have been so less confusing as a child growing up and, you know, seeing all of this, you know, all the white people, all the straight people, straight couples, you know, and it just, you know, it's got to be so much better and more clarifying for kids growing up these days or, you know, even just anybody, you know, it's just great seeing all this diversity. Dude, I want to cry for them, you know, in, in happiness. I know. Just because I get to yeah. see it because I don't talk about this, but when I was a child, I had something called gynecomastia, right? Which gives you like a mm-hmm. breast tissue on top of your muscle, right? And I was a lean kid. I was ripped. And when you live in a town like you do, when people find something that they think is odd or that they can pick on or something like that, they brutally, brutally abused me and bullied me for it. And every LGBTQ plus term that there ever was, I've been called, but it gave me a struggle that helps me empathize, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like when we're coming from those locations, we have to give them a voice. We really have to. And that's yeah. why, you know, I love what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I also do know what it's like to lose somebody to bullying because, you know, and that's what it just gets me every time because you think, you know, you never, you know, what what was the last straw for them? What what made them decide? And just seeing people still bullying, even though, you know, there's all this advocating you'll see people advocating like, oh, be nice, be nice. And then they turn around and then they do the same thing and they just don't, they just don't understand how words can truly get to them or they just don't care or they never think that it's going to happen. But you truly don't know what people are going through. That's that's the equivalent of the old uh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, right? You know, it'll be okay. Oh, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody cares. Oh, just be, be, be a better person to each other. Yeah. You're not going to affect change. If you're, you know, just throwing out thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, you know, or whatever it is for for these yeah. people in these situations. Mm-hmm. There's two items here 
that need to be addressed. One, the abused. The abused needs to be addressed immediately. They need mental health help. They need to get that deconstructed as soon as possible. And two, you need to find mm-hmm. out why the fuck somebody's bullying. Because I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that whatever is forcing them to do that, there is a nasty, nasty background that they're going through. Because mm-hmm. you don't act that way unless you're taking on some heinous shit. And we've got to remember yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Got to remember that. That's that empathy. Yeah, with like 90% of the cases, it's like it's like that. You know, somebody's going through something and you, even the bully themselves is going through something. But, you know, they they that's their form of outlet. I'm trying to make myself myself feel better by putting you down. And it's just not the healthy way to go. No, I, we, we need a, an outlet to release that energy, that negative energy that we're receiving from somebody else. Those negative, you know, vibes. I don't care what you call them, hippie, whatever. Because once, if somebody yeah. screams at you enough in the face, eventually your, you know, your blood starts to boil. It's kind of like heat, mm-hmm. right? Eventually it's going to boil. So what yeah. happens? It needs to blow off steam. You're going to pop it somewhere and, you know, it's going to be out your mouth most of the time. It's somebody else. But it's, that's again, a double-edged sword because nobody feels good about themselves after telling somebody off, no matter how much they wanted to do it. You still walk away going, mm-hmm. ah, probably wasn't, yeah. it wasn't my best you form. Don't- You'll feel guilty for it. You're going to have a stomachache later or somewhere next week, whatever it is. It's going to haunt you no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what. It just brings out the absolute worst in people when they do it. And it just, you know, no matter what people say, it does not make you feel good. Oh. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now back to class. It's up to us, people like yourself as creators, to own what everybody is giving away. They're mindful moments. Every time somebody focuses mm-hmm. their eyes on your product, there's there's instant gratification. You know, there's there's love in that. There's a good feeling. But there's also a level of influence that is being given to you. There is an onus, mm-hmm. a responsibility. And I like that you keep people in a magical, open, imaginative, and accepting land with your art. That's important. Yeah. Super important. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Definitely. I mean, I'm, Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to give kids, you know, like what I would have wanted, you know, and you have to think with that mentality because I can't stand the mentality of, oh, I went through this. So you're going to have to go through this, you know, like it's I can't I can't stand that mentality. That's a cycle that needs to be broken. And I think it is being Mm -hmm. broken through knowledge, through knowledge and communication. The more connected Mm -hmm. we become, the more people open up and understand that it's not just their bubble. If you're a creator, this is on you. How did you find that that particular piece was going to be your modicum of communication to your peers or other people so that they have their understanding or that freedom? It's always just been something that's just come natural to me. I mean, probably I probably found my love of poetry just through English class because um, we always used to do poetry units and um, it's just always been something that just clicked, you know, nothing else in school ever clicked, but English and literature. And I am very impatient. I'm not one to write like an actual 
like a book book, you know, like a whole whole storybook. I'm way too impatient, maybe someday. But poetry is it's always been, you know, short and concise form of how I can write how I'm feeling. I love that. And it makes sense. You have grown mm-hmm. up in a digital age. You grew up on snippets. You grew up on changes mm-hmm. in emotions at the drop of a dime because it's scrolling in front of you. Things like that. People are like, well, why does mm-hmm. everybody have ADHD now? I'm like, well, fuck, they're staring at 10,000 things <laughs> a second. What do you expect to happen? <laughs> Their short-term memory is fucked. They have nothing left, mm-hmm. so they're spitting out. That's why all the kids cut you off when you're talking because they don't want to forget what they were thinking about because they've been conditioned to look at one-minute videos for the last freaking 20 years. Nobody's getting Mm -hmm. this. Those are symptoms, not diagnoses. Everybody, you know, bipolar, and I say this kind of crap on the show all the time, but they are. They're screams of a mind in a societal cage doing batshit crazy things. No other other animal skips a meal to do some mindless shit in a corner for somebody else. (laughs) But we'll do it and we'll be angry the whole time. Not know why we're angry. We're hungry. And then we're doing something we probably shouldn't be doing. But does that that make sense? We make judgments and life decisions while while we're hungry. Dude, I don't make good decisions when I'm hungry. <laughs> Neither do Nobody I. I barely does. make good decisions when I'm full. <laughs> yes. I think all meetings should have like a 10 minute meal before the decisions or right before. Yeah. That and they probably. Yeah. Make sure you eat something before we make decisions around here. So you're going through middle school to high school. You're understanding who you are. You've made that realization, right? That you're, uh, I don't know, what is your orientation? I don't even know how how to describe or say it now, but is it? Um, oh, oh yeah. there we go. Okay. I don't know how to say this without offending people anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, but no, yeah. you're in school. Yeah, it's fine. not yeah. socially <laughs> acceptable. And that's, we've said that you found art to get yourself out of there, but there are dark, dark, dark times when you are in that situation. And how did you weather The things like, because I'm going to say the words out loud, these happen to everyone in these situations, alcohol, drugs, suicidal ideations, you know, panic attacks, Um, all Mm -hmm. those types of things come with this experience. How were you able to turn that corner? Well, I never turned to alcohol, mostly because I have seen what the ugliness is of people that do turn in that's the that turn, you know one of them their sadness into the next bottle yeah and it you know it, it never works you know it, it, i just i've 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 seen it and it never worked for me and i i just you're lucky. i never went to drugs so you're lucky because yeah the reality is somebody picks that bottle up and their reaction to that particular situation is it satiates the pain and then that becomes mm-hmm. a new way of being so you're lucky in that regard doesn't work on each person. Yeah. What mm-hmm. other what other pieces did you have to endure? I mean, I didn't do drugs. I didn't do drugs either. I, honestly, I mean, I just, I guess it was hope that just kept me going because, you know, it's it was never, ever really the fact that I wanted to die. It was just the fact that I wanted to just, you know, not be in pain, you know, like, and just seeing other people make it as well. You know, I think that was like the whole big thing, too, because like even when I lost one of my friends to um, 
suicide in middle school. So I was like 14 at the time. That's, that's crippling for a child. Yeah, because I didn't really, at that time, I didn't really know why anybody would want to, you know, would want to die. Hopelessness. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was something that I had to learn through too. And I felt it enlightening, you know, and I understand that, you know, that people, it's just, it's just too much for people. And I just, I had to, I had to write it out. I had to, you know, I had to write it out. I had to dance it out. I had to, you know, like put on costumes and be different people for a few hours, you know, like something like that. It just made all the difference so I could cool down and come back, you know, and but the best part is I have a supporting household too. I don't know what I would be, where I would end up if I didn't have, you know, the support that I have at home. And I'm glad that you walked through all those and you didn't do those things. And I named those off because those are the first crutches. Those are the, the first places that we turn when we're in pain or scared or somebody went to mm-hmm. you. People, we celebrate pain with things like that, going out. Oh, we'll get over it. We'll all go out together and do this. And what you explained was ways of the heart to mend whatever issues you were having because those were all creative moments. Those were all mindful Mm -hmm. moments. And the way that you did that was you went back to who you originally were, who Zelda Mm -hmm. was as a child, whatever sparked that, you know, first creative interest, all those types of things. You use that as an escape and an outlet. I want people to hear that. Listen, listen to that. The escape from pain is loving yourself and being yourself. Nothing but that. There is no other rules. No matter what religion you are, no matter what beliefs you have, you intended to be. Anything else is a slap in the face of whatever the hell created you, right? No matter what Mm -hmm. direction you're looking from, I can promise you, and it's so hard to do, and it's a practice that I do every single day because I fear judgment every single day. I look at these social media things every single day. Each one is a struggle Mm -hmm. as I put it out because I'm afraid that somebody's going to look at it a certain way or they're going to leave that comment because that comment hurts. That comment hurts so bad because you know that you put your heart out there. We got to start being kind. We just have to be kind. Yeah. We just have to. We can't keep doing this. We can't keep. No. It's, It's old. It's tiresome. It's ignorant. It doesn't solve a single damn thing. I especially can't imagine what this pandemic is doing to those kids already in school. Like, I am so grateful that I graduated. I graduated high school in 2018. And I mean, I graduated college this semester, but like, I just can't imagine what these kids are going through. Well, thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. I like that you brought that up. The kids that are in school Mm -hmm. right now, we smile and we say they have a ton of outlets, but the outlets are only provided in the right environment or under the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So as much as we can say that there is a open and accepting society now of these belief systems, the majority, we've, we've, I think we've, we, I can say, I believe that we have crossed a certain line. Might not be that much, 60, 40, 70, 30, maybe at best, but I'm starting to see that, that, that turn. But that yes. doesn't mean that that's everyone's reality. So all these children or these young teens or, you know, adults, for God's sakes, anybody that's that's in this bubble needs to have that understanding that nothing that anybody says is their reality. 
they're only writing it for you. It's yours to accept. Literally mm -hmm. a choice. Remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? Did you have those when you were a kid? Probably not. Way too old for you. <laughs> These books were, you could, you would read them. And it would be like an adventure book. You're going through medieval castle or some shit like that, right? And then you'd get to the point, mm -hmm. you can either follow the knight or turn back and go to the enchanted castle. And then you would pick one and turn to page 22 or whatever. And, you know, most kids would be like, oh, shit. You die on that one. You go back and be like, I didn't pick it, you know, or something. <laughs> the reality is there was always a decision and an impact. And, and each one of these things that we take on from other people are still just as much a decision to create your reality. Can you do us a favor and pick yeah. your favorite poem that yeah. you feel most captures what we're discussing? All right. Let me see. Okay, well, here's a here's one. Strolling through memory lane isn't as leisurely as I'd like it to be. The roads are long, narrow cobblestone trails that lead to a desolate home. I have suffered long enough, enduring the pain of what I once was. I was living my life on repeat. I am no longer living on memory lane. I have moved on, and so should you. It's beautiful. You, you literally describe mindfulness. Don't live in a non-existent reality, which is the future and the past. Mm -hmm. There is no future mm -hmm. or past. You'll never go there. You'll never be there. We'll never meet there because no matter where we are, it's always now. Yeah, it's always the present. And that's what so many people struggle, as well as me, struggling Every with. Day, which the irony is yeah. we won't accept something called a present. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the things that we want more than anything when we run around. The only thing, yeah, the only present we won't accept. That's pretty fucking profound. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zelda. And remember, you guys can find Zelda at Legend of Z, and that's not the letter Z, it's Z-E-E. -E. So Legend of Z mm -hmm. on TikTok and Instagram. Um, you can get her book. Uh, we'll have the links in our show notes. Um, she's got a Beacons page. She's got all of her links. We'll have that in there as well. Um, please, please, please check out Zelda's art. Um, we're talking about if you like anime, you're gonna love it. If you like Aang, you like anything that's Avatar, like anything that's although you're gonna love it. And I didn't, I purposely didn't talk about this because I think I want to have you back to specifically oh. discuss that particular world, all of anime oh. world, and those of you. Yeah. yeah, I did live in Tokyo for five years. Really? It was a whole different world and I love it. Mm -hmm. So I think I would love to do an episode where we talk about that. But I have one request if we do this. You want me to show up in costume? Yes, I do. I <laughs> okay. want you to show up in costume because I'm just going to smile the whole time. <laughs> I will 100% do that. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Remember, everyone, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at The Tragedy Academy 2019, on TikTok at The Tragedy Academy, and on Twitter at 
tragedy underscore academy where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows updated info and thoughts if you'd like to be a guest send an email to show at the tragedyacademy.com keep an eye out on instagram for tragedy academy giveaways thanks again for coming to class and remember be cool keep learning What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, They've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents. And Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees. But I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to thetragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.